I want to talk about something today that's made the rounds on the internet over the last few weeks and it's caused up quite a bit of stir there and as it often happens those who fear the most are those who also shout the hardest so I'm talking of course about article 13 and I don't know if you've heard of it but in case you haven't it's a new European copyright legislative in which the current state of how you can share copyrighted content is going to be kind of revisited and, and they want to update it for the 21st century basically so um, the one of the major changes and this is what everyone is getting hung up about basically is that currently oh my god noise more noise noise terrible so currently if I upload copyright protected content to somewhere like YouTube then YouTube can't be held responsible they they can say well we just provide the platform really what people upload isn't really any of our business we can warn them that this is indeed copyright protected content but the person who is liable at the end of the day is the user who uploaded the content and this is one major change that, that they want to address in Europe and say that now if I upload copyright protected content then YouTube can indeed be held responsible for it and because they're a major corporation they're gonna make damn sure they're not gonna get sued and uh, they're gonna put this is what people getting freaked out about they're gonna put systems in place that makes it much much harder for copyright protected content to sneak past them but most of that to be really honest is speculation so how this is gonna pan out should article 13 and the whole new copyright thing get through in Europe is a whole different matter so that's total speculation I think I've watched a few videos from people who were pretty much hung up about it and those who shout the hardest are usually the ones who know they're kind of operating in a grey area and they've been getting away with it and they fear that something drastic is about to happen to their livelihood and I can understand that but also at the same time I believe that if you upload 100% non-copyright protected content if you upload content that you have created 100% yourself like me I have now currently I am creating content that I've made 100% myself the voice narration is mine the pictures are mine there's really nobody who can be held accountable other than myself but if I were to say mix some footage from other sources together say you know I, I take an episode of The Simpsons for example and I re-edit it in a way that is funny and witty and amazing and I get lots of views for it then technically I am a good editor absolutely and I'm a great producer in the fact that I've come up with the idea but of course what this is all boiling down to is revenue of course so the issue is that if I do that and I upload my video and it gets lots of views and my channel is eligible for monetization then I get cash for it and I guess if somebody gets $20 a month then we'll just say no more about it you know who cares really but if it gets into the hundreds of thousands of dollars every month 
and YouTube makes that very much possible for some creators, then it is another matter. And then, of course, the copyright holder is very much interested in the fact that they're losing out of, on thousands of dollars of revenue. And that's just for one single user. Imagine that multiplied by the millions of YouTube users and, you know, somebody is, is very much out of pocket. And I can totally see their point. This concept is currently possible and many people make use of it and uh, those people might well be affected. So usually what also happens then in the same sentence or in the next sentence is well there's laws in this country and around the world and it's all about fair use you know and yeah I totally agree there is fair use and fair use is a total gray area it is completely open to interpretation and fair use means that if I I don't know I, I'm, I'm talking about a certain camera technique and I'm explaining how that technique works and to show viewers what that technique looks like in movies I might unbelievable I might play in a clip or two from movies that have used it but of course those clips will be like 10 seconds and my 20 minute video I'm uploading is still kind of 99.9% my own so that's kind of what fair use means or you know Techmoan is talking about a new record player that's come out and in order for us to listen to what it sounds like he's playing 10 seconds of a record you know for us to get an impression so that's fair use and uh, that is you know again it's debatable there's no uh, set rules in stone but that's kind of the fair use we're talking about literally uh, it's so short that the copyright holder won't be impacted by this I'm just using this as a demonstration and it's not about the music he's not uploading the full track of the music uh, so that we can have a listen to it you know he's not doing that so hence that is classed as fair use I guess so but again it is open to interpretation and uh, some people however make a good living on YouTube by remixing other people's content. So I've watched something where a guy with a soft-spoken Irish accent, you know, doesn't mean anyone any harm, does a dissection about when and how the Simpsons have fallen off the wagon in their whatever 30-year career and I found that very interesting and the points he made were great however the original content that he provided was indeed the editing so there's a lot of work that's gone into editing and research and narration so he did all that I totally give him that that is 100% his own but of course the footage that he used the visuals that we see are 100% those of somebody else and he is you know raking it in couple million subscribers making hundreds and thousands of dollars uh, on an annual basis and he probably has a good life and I wish him all the best but of course what he's hiding behind is the fact well it's just fair use isn't it I'm, I'm, I'm doing this just to illustrate a point well if that was the case then I guess your content would be more suitable for an audio podcast or for a written essay you know with a couple of screenshots perhaps I don't think anyone could argue with that but if people get to see more or less unedited footage that somebody else has put a lot of uh, money and work into and you're flogging this as your own well you're doing something wrong you know it's the same with film reviewers film reviewers who kind of uh, talk about 
a movie and then give us 30 minutes worth of footage from that movie, they're hiding behind the fact, well, I need to explain the movie, don't I? So I'm going to show scenes from the movie and I'm going to kind of edit it together like an extended trailer. And, you know, this is really good for the movie because, you know, people see my thing and then they're going to go spend money on the DVD or they spend money on going to the theater, uh, to the movie theater, I mean. And, uh, of course, that's not quite the case because people watch it for free and they think, oh, okay, I don't need to go and see that movie anymore. And uh, that's the issue, basically. The rights holder of the images that some people are using is not getting cut in to the money that's flowing there. And it is substantial on YouTube, or it can be substantial. And uh, these people, you know, build a livelihood on it. And I'm trying to do that, to be fair. Yes, I'm trying to cash in on that deal. I would love to just make videos like this and uh, get paid for it. That's fantastic. Then I can quit my day job and, you know, we a wonderful world. And for some people, that is indeed reality. And I'm not saying these people don't put the work in. No, absolutely. It's just ethically wrong to take somebody else's footage and then make money off the back of that and not cut the original rights holder in. So currently what happens is if I upload, I don't know, a music video, for example, then YouTube's content ID system will flag that and it'll automatically say, hey, actually that content belongs to somebody else. You're going left, you're going right, excellent. You're going left, I'm going left. This content belongs to somebody else and we're going to notify them because they're a rights holder, they've registered with us and we're going to notify them that this video is being monetized and uh, the revenue is now not going to me anymore. It is now going to the rights holder. I don't think it's going to be 100%. I think YouTube are still taking their 30% cut and 70% no longer goes to me. It goes to the rights holder. And it's a fully automatic process. You can appeal that as well on YouTube and say, hey, actually, I have written documentation here that says I'm allowed to use that content. And, you know, then I guess YouTube would say, okay, our automated system made a mistake. We're going to um, send that video to the many masses and then, you know, it's live. But it's not always like that. So I don't really know what's going to happen if and when Article 13 is approved, but it certainly wants to address this issue that remixers of other people's content cannot just get 100% of the revenue that comes out of YouTube and just use this as a cash machine. That, that has really got to stop. And, uh, you know, some people claim fair use and you go, this is not fair use. This is just a blatant ripoff. So I can very much understand the other side of that as well. People who've spent hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars into creating content and I just Joe Blocks from nowhere takes it and uh, makes an unpopular movie really, really popular and uh, my revenue goes up and the person who's actually nearly got broke making that movie in the first place, he doesn't get a penny. So that can't really be the solution. Now, I've been working in like real television for 25 years and usually what happens there is if like a real TV station wants to make a program say the BBC or ITV or NBC or whoever and they want to use a piece of footage that belongs to someone else these guys have departments and these are kind of rights clearance departments rights management departments and the way this works is uh, they're contacting whoever is in charge of the footage be that music be that a movie clip whatever 
could be live footage, could be archive footage, could be anything. They get in touch with these people and they say, hey, we'd like to use X, Y, and Z. I don't know, we're making a documentary about whatever, Lance Armstrong, and we would like to use some footage from, I don't know, 15 years ago when he was still active. And you contact these people, they say, yep, sure, for one minute of footage on air, depending on what distribution you're going for, it's gonna cost you X for a set amount of time. And then usually the broadcaster goes and pays these people, they then have the rights, and then they can officially use it in their documentary. So that's perfect, that's how it used to work. And of course, back in the day, only larger corporations had the technology to do that. Now that you and I have the same technology and can produce more or less better content than larger organizations, or certainly content that is on par with larger organizations, we don't really have a rights management thing department that we can contact so that we can all uh, say, hey, how much is it? Am I allowed to use it in my YouTube video? Because if that type of system would exist, then we can maybe reap all the rewards together. So that is something that I'd like to see. I don't want to see these people who like the content remixers. I don't want them to be shut down or anything. That is totally not my motive. But what I'd like to see is kind of a revenue share process, by which I'm not saying 50-50, you know, this, this could be open to negotiation. But if somebody wants to make a documentary about The Simpsons and he doesn't really know who, who is the rights holder of this program and who do I contact about it, he, I think, a great way of doing this, of dealing with this, would be not to penalize these people and to kick them off YouTube altogether and say, you are in copyright infringement. I wouldn't want to do that. I'd say, no, go ahead with your project, submit it, and then openly declare when you upload this, hey, I'm using 40%, 60%, 90% other people's footage. And this is the footage. And could somebody at YouTube please tell me who the rights holder is and submit it to them accordingly. So then the rights holder can review the project and say, you know what, if this goes viral, we're both making cash. Wouldn't that be great? And then rather than banning the video flat, right, flat outright, we could both then say, well, both the rights holder has an interest in their footage being monetized. I mean, who doesn't want that? And the guy who edited it, also has a chance to make at least some cash out of it. Perhaps he doesn't get completely rich out of it anymore, but you know, it would be above board then. Everyone wins. YouTube make money, the rights holder makes money, and the guy who put it together and had the idea makes money and gets the credit. So, you know, why not? I mean, that is a system that I'd like to see how this is gonna be implemented, and if Article 13 is in fact the one that's gonna solve all these issues, I don't know, but it's certainly trying to address it, and that's the point of it. Also, Article 13 is not the only thing that is, uh, that is happening there. So look at Article 12a, for example, much more interesting that the person who does the live uh, broadcasting for a sports event now gets access to the rights or is now eligible to have the copyright for that event. Now that has many other implications. It's obviously not that interesting for people who do YouTube, but it is certainly interesting for people like, you know, the company I used to work for back in London. Anyway, I'm gonna have to go to work now. I will leave you to it. There's more to be discussed. If you have any questions, uh, if, you wanna, if you wanna chat, chew the beef, as they say, about Article 13, Leave me a comment down below. Take care.